on the Spencer's the Pez, Goking out at the cons, Renaissance Fest, Watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie, <laughs> sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor, I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. Fanboy, it's the Fanboy Planet Podcast, and here he is, the man who tomorrow night will be coming down your chimney, <laughs> Derek McCaw. This is Derek McCaw, editor in chief of FanboyPlanet.com. As confused by that intro as any of you, what? Yeah. Uh, so we are here at Elusive Comics and Games, two seven two five El Camino Real, Suite one hundred four, in Santa Clara, California. The only place in Santa Clara you can buy your comics. Yes. Only, right? Did you negotiate with the city for comic book rights Absolutely. in Santa Clara? You are. Uh, there was a secret meeting. I can't talk about the oh. Illuminati. Was it a? Yes. I'm was, just was, not allowed to discuss it. Was like Norman Osborn at that secret meeting? Were you dressed like the White Queen? Do you know who Norman Osborn <laughs> is? Okay, so good. Later when we talk about Dark Rain, you will be illuminated. All right, so this is, of course, our guest, uh, one of our guests this week, uh, Anna Warren, the owner of <gasps> Elusive Comics and Games. Uh, and Anna, well, for now, till Uncle Sam catches up with you. Yep. And I'm not talking about the guy leading the Freedom Fighters. That'd be a DC superhero comic. Uh, what are the four comics you read, Anna? I read Fables, trades only, because mm-hmm. I can't do the little things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Echo. <laughs> the little things. The little no, because the little storylines kill me. Those small comics. Well, Echo, I have like to read two. every single one because it's so good. Terry uh-huh. Moore is a god. Uh, yes, uh, and very nice. Fables, Echo. Oh, Knights of the Dinner Table. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Iron Man, Director of Shield. Uh, Which is changing soon. Well, it's okay. I've never really read any other Iron Man, and I kind of came in the middle. But that's okay. When you found an Iron Man book that actually is superhero, so you uh, sort of. Sort of, yeah. It's probably the least superhero y of the Iron Man books, more uh, kind of a spy thing. This is the podcast. So that's cool. No, normally we're invisible, but today we're here. So we've gotten past Anna. We have one other guest, of course, uh, which is the archivist, the official archivist, because whenever we need to know archivist. exactly where Put in the resume. podcast we made a reference to something, uh, she finds I out. I can find it. You yes. can find it. That is, of course. Stephanie Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. Also, Robert Culp's right-hand woman. Shut so. up. Merry Christmas. <laughs> and uh, so it's, we're down to two regulars and just guests today. So that should please a uh, sharp Lon uh, offers his apologies. He is uh, tied up with family here on Christmas Eve. And, uh, and Goodson, uh, Witness Protection Program. As uh, far. Mm-hmm. Goodson, Goodson, of course, came earlier, made his apologies for not being here exactly when you guys wanted him to be here. Is that what he did? No. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> Uh, and yet, still pretty much in character, yeah. especially the first thing you said. Yeah. So, um, anyway, but we're pleased as punch to have everybody here at the table. To have Stephanie and Anna, and of course, the, across from me there, pleased as punch, is our moral compass, getting ready to edit almost all this out, and uh, and general commentator at large, Rick Brett Snyder. Fabulous. Hi, Rick. All right. Hey. Hi, Rick. Rick, who gives the Hi. best Christmas presents ever. This, oh, is, this is pretty you. good. In fact, yes. Uh, this is a, although Goodson really does give good good presents, too. Does he give a plug-in humping bunny? If you ask nicely. <laughs> <laughs> he forgot my present at home, so I don't know. See? So, oh, uh, wait till you see. We are, of course, podcasting on Christmas Eve, the afternoon of Christmas Eve. Thank you for getting into the spirit. <laughs> That's right. We said it. Singing Christmas. Secular Christmas. Yes, absolutely. I'm Jewish, not Jewish. No, just ish. I understand. <laughs> absolutely. All right. So we've got some comics news. Of course, on Christmas Eve, there's not much. All the publishers are winding down, you know, absolutely kind of wrapping up the year. TV shows are all in repeats. Yeah, all in repeats. Time It's a good time to Movies catch up Movies are all on crap. Uh, that is not true. <laughs> oh. Just the one I sent you to. Uh, what movie is that? Listen up later. Rick's going to tell us. Oh, God. <laughs> and, uh, oh, I just saw The Day the Earth Stood Still. Speaking of movies that are crap. Okay, go ahead. Um, no. I give it a B-. minus hmm. Because, uh, well, Jennifer It stayed Con- after class and did something special for you? Yeah, a little bit. Jennifer Connelly was 
amazing. Too thin. Definitely, she's gotten too thin for this. She scares, okay. It scares and me how thin she she's She used gotten. to be wonderfully healthy looking. Yeah. Not you know, overly curvaceous, but wonderfully healthy looking. She, she's, she's frighteningly thin now. Um, but Keanu Reeves was actually really good. I just think that, that uh, the, 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 the child actor was not that strong. Jaden Smith. Yeah, he was, he was, he was not. Okay. He, he, he wasn't that passionate of an actor. I don't think he understood how to get into the role. Um, he and had, what about the message? Because the original film was all about the it was the subtlety of the it, message. No, and the, there was no subtle message. Twist. It was uh, the, the climax of the movie is at one point when the Jennifer Connelly's character is hun- hugging her, her stepson because he's sad he misses his father. And, and Keanu Reeves' character says, I see a different side of you. That's the wow. climax that we have empathy and feelings. Uh, like an it alien, race, deep an alien race has been observing us for how many years? Seventy years. Seventy years, and they never noticed that we actually care about each other. They never watched the um, Magoo Christmas special. Clearly not. Oh, yeah. no, it one. was. Yeah. It was really frustrating because it was like, well, uh, what kind of powers does he have? They've had these globes <laughs> on our planet for I don't know how long. They've had someone here observing for seventy years, and he's they can't kind of, learn this empathy thing. Long. He's time kind ago. of like the shadow. He has the powers to cloud men's minds and. But but the thing is, is he should have been able to feel more yeah. humans mm-hmm. and our mm-hmm. range of emotions. Sure. And it was, yeah, I, that's why it'd be minus because the acting uh, largely was great. The special effects were actually pretty good. I was, I, I, I'm, I'm easily disappointed and I was not. Is there more special effects than that kind of like wind dissolves <laughs> matter so off into the distance? Yeah, yeah. Because okay. there's a lot of the globe stuff and it was neat what they did with this giant protective robot-y thing. Gort. Okay. Yeah, Gort, thank you. Um... Uh, so I thought I thought it was very entertaining. It was it was definitely worth a, a viewing, but not at a movie theater. Okay, that was very good. Thank you for that. I review. still recommend the DVD, the original on DVD, which we talked about. I before. thought you recommended so, it on Blu-ray. I do recommend it on Blu-ray because of the um, do-it-yourself the theremin score theremin. only available on Ooh. Blu-ray. Uh, yes, they have a nice documentary on the regular DVD, but this is the the, the one that's made me go. All right, I have to get Blu-ray because you get to mess around. No, I would very that Ooh. the second the remake made me want to see the original because oh, clearly never seen the original. no, it, oh, okay. it clearly well, then, came from something that was a lot. Better. Is there a theremin? I will try to remember it to bring it next week. So I don't you, have a Blu-ray. No, I don't either. Oh, okay, I have the regular. I do. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I'm hoping that maybe, maybe that's the maybe surprise for me this Christmas. good enough this year. I'm not. I haven't been. I so know. is there theremin music in the remake movie? I, there must be. Not know. that you oh, notice. Okay. I mean, it's not like, oh, hey, there's theremin. I think someone actually... <laughs> okay. yeah. Ah, that's a wonderful, melodious theremin. Uh, someone takes a theragram. There you uh, go. Anyway. Uh, so let's get to comics because, we, you know, there still was a couple weeks ago. We do have still comics coming out, which is Marvel's launch, their event... Their post-secret invasion, post-traumatic stress disorder, Dark Rain. Yeah. And two of you have read things from it. Yeah. But uh, Dave Gabriel spoke about it in front of me at uh, the summit. Oh, what did he say? What did Dave Gabriel at the summit, at the retailer's summit? That this series was coming out in December and was going to be replacing Secret Invasion. That's that's what he said. Dave Gabriel would be the Marvel rep? That was yeah. That was deep. It was. We wow. were all like. And did you get excited? Oh. Did you all say we weren't really looking for something to replace Secret Invasion? We'd like you just to get back to stories <laughs> and the individual books. Actually, what was interesting is Joe Field of Flying Colors um, and other cool stuff got yeah. up. Uh, where is Joe, where's Flying Colors? Just I want to give him a good Concord. shout out. Concord. Yes. Okay. I, I want to say Concord. I want to. I think Fremont, right. but yeah, I think he's, it's he's, he's to Bay. Yeah. 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 Joe Field, awesome, awesome, awesome person. guy. One of my mentors. Completely awesome. Founder fellow. of Free Comic Book Day. Yes, and and. Yeah, and he's a member of Comics Pro, so Comics mm-hmm. Pro now runs Free Comic Book Day, and, and we're proud to continue that. Um, uh, Joe Field got up and yelled at Dave Gabriel about why more Marvel comics aren't on time. Actually, totally in a snidey, bitchy, why can't you get stuff out on time way, and Dave Gabriel said, if someone's mother dies, do you want me to say you have to still get your stuff in on time? How many times a year can a mother die? Oh, I thought that's what I thought, is how many freaking car creators' mothers are dying that this has to be an excuse he threw Bendis back is on Joe's his face. fifth. <laughs> <laughs> oh and Bendis was at the summit, so it was funny. Um... So, yeah, the, um, there was a lot of expectation. This is their new huge thing. But the feedback we've been getting from customers here. Tell us. Uh, they're really tired of these gigantic, huge build-up series like Final Crisis where there's 15,000 spinoffs and yeah. not a lot of bang for the buck. You know, you get hooked. And, and then story you enough for five. So, people, this is, the pod, this is the podcast daring to tell you the truth from the retailer's perspective. And let's be honest, without the retailers... And another one's biting the dust in in the Bay Area here. Yep. Uh, South without Bay. Uh, South Bay, without without the retailers, 
We have no place to get our fix. Yeah. Right. And the one going out of business is not me. Yes, no, no. no. Elusive is, is strong. Come here and join strong the strength. Strong like bull. Strong like bull. It is, oh. uh, so there you go. Um, so your opinions on Dark Rain. We hear what, what the feedback has been from... Okay, I'm, I'm bipolar on this thing. I am so You're tired. You're bipolar on everything. Yeah, okay. you got to get that checked the, out. The thing about this is <laughs> I wish they would just do this without having to stamp dark rain on it, right? Yeah. If if but, this, the parallel, but how will I know if I want to read it if they don't tell me? No, it's just a, what it should be. What it should be is just a change in the Marvel universe that's going to last a while, right? Uh, you know, it's like the, it, they didn't have Nick Fury, the ages sad. of Shield before. You know, when he was in charge of Shield. Now they've got Norman Osborn basically in charge of all the effective and the Avengers and Shield. Which, as an evolution of what's happened, does make sense. Right, he's played the politics very well. But they've got to make it into an event. Just tell the stories. You know, he's he's a force in the Marvel universe now. He's got this. Maybe have one book that's like his book. They can't sell as many. This way, they can do crossovers where it's touch. Yeah, they think Marvel they can't sell it, but I'm actually thinking about giving up a lot of these books because I'm tired of it. And well, we're are, going that is we're going to have hearing. to as well because because Marvel is sneaking up to three ninety nine yeah. a book. Top Cow has publicly made a, a, a vow that they will keep to two ninety nine for a year. Yeah. But both Marvel and DC have been sort of testing the waters with certain books. We haven't even noticed. I mean, the Stephen King books, which granted are beautiful are 3.99 a pop but you're not getting any more story really no. yeah and these events these dark rain i think that's a 3.99 book uh, it is. Yes, it is. It is a 3.99. So the, not only that, they're charging a dollar more for the event. And there's yeah. no less ads. And the, the the fact is, paper costs. Yes, they do continue to go up as a former. But they keep using artist, more and more expensive paper too. The, the, well, the comics are getting of higher quality. They, yeah. You know, hopefully one thinks that they're lasting longer. But how are we going to know for another 20 years? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we find all those comics from the early 2000s. They the pages stick together after 15 years. Right. Well, Let's start that rumor now. <laughs> yeah, except that, I don't like that rumor. There's a, <laughs> There's a lot of it. other explanations. Oh, okay. <laughs> Greg Horn, Greg Land, Michael Turner. Yeah, take, <laughs> check out Loki on the front cover of Dark Rain. Um, yes, Loki. You compared Loki, wow. who, by the way, if you weren't reading J. Michael Straczynski's Thor, you would not realize Loki, of course, had changed genders. And the Gotham right. After Midnight's Christmas special, that's hot. The cover's hot. Really? I'm going to have to take a look at that. Oh, it's hot. Um, but you compared Loki on the cover there to, uh, I believe, a, a uh, former uh, adult film star. Who was that? I don't know. Something after named after uh, uh, Christy Canyon. There we go. I was going to say some landmark in Arizona, but there we go. Yeah. Come here. Uh, wow. Lewis, come here. And uh, and come it's here. just on the front cover, of course, because that's what's going to get you to read the rest of it. Sure. Did it work? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, I really and you flip through and you keep showing me these pictures of Namor that I really hate. So I'm yeah, not Namor looks like somebody from Central I'm Casting. I'm not really liking the artwork, although it's usually a guy. Isn't it Alex Maliev or um, yeah, Alex Maliev, who normally I like. It's just, but I think the thing I like about Maliev is is he makes the ordinary. I don't look like ordinary. the way he does facial shading on the cover. Everyone looks like they've had soot rubbed on their faces. Yeah, it does. It looks like she. Well, needs you don't to understand. Shave, They're dark. They're dark, yeah. They're, and, and, and there's a dark rain. Except for Emma. Emma would not let people shove soot onto her face. Absolutely so she's not. Please, the woman's got class. Yeah. It goes she's, got she's got glass? She's got glass. She's got glass. She turns to diamond. Yeah. <laughs> As we know, she apparently is in the Wolverine movie. Yeah. So there's a little, you can see this little thing. But there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of speculation last week about why Emma was in this because they've they've done years they've literally done years of building that character up in the X Men so that you didn't so you were really convinced that she had made the transition from evil to good yes. now she's good with she's a sarcastic manipulative mm-hmm. um, and that can still be good but she's good oh yeah she loves Scott and uh, now now they were saying oh God is Bendis in three or four issues going to try and undo all that and no. Um, that she's she's kind of in this uh, kind of almost on, like under the under the uh, she's undercover. And the, the other thing that's interesting about this this is this is basically the dark Illuminati, right? Right. And Namor is the only one who's been on both Illuminatis. He's been on both teams. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So Stephanie, do you have an opinion? Hmm? Yeah, yes, Stephanie. Hi, you're there. Uh, you read Dark Rain. Oh, I was just confused in general. <laughs> Okay, but how I much, didn't really like the art. Okay, how yeah. much of of Secret Invasion had you read? 
issue three and onward. Okay, so you had read that, so the mm-hmm. lead-in was still confusing to you. Yeah. Which really that okay? Now you got to show me. Uh, Anna's going to get the Batman <laughs> Gotham. Oh, good eight. lord! Is that Kelly Jones art? It Hecka is. Hecka hot. Hecka. Eerie eighth issue. Yes, it's very eerie. Yeah, it's very. It's a Betty, Betty Page homage, I think. It is. I think so. Well, that's good timing because you know the last yeah. time we spoke of her, I believe, was when she had gone she into had a, coma. a coma, and she passed. Is. We had to acknowledge that she had passed a away. Delicious cover. Which I believe that you still have a Betty Page statue over there, don't you? Uh, uh, Anna, yeah, uh, visually, it got uh, moved. It got moved. Yes. You're elusive. If you would, would like to get a Betty Page statue, they do have it at a reasonable price. We have some Betty Page books too in the adult section. Yeah. So, you know, I got to say, people, again, and not just because Anna's sitting here, though it certainly helps, Elusive is a, a dang fine, beautifully open store. A clean, well-lighted place, clean well-lighted place for comics. And I love that about this shop. Oh, our latest review on Yelp, a new customer, uh-huh. um, he came in and said, your store is like the TARDIS from outside. It's really tiny. <laughs> come in. It's huge. And I said, would you please put that on Yelp? Because it's like a great that. review. I like and that. And he did. And he also complimented my store dog. <coughs> and the same day, another customer updated their review and also commented on my store dog. So not only are we I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say for it's the, the best store dog, the I've best ever store seen. dog I've ever seen, and uh, surprisingly uh, hypoallergenic. <laughs> yeah, no yeah. one sneezes. No, no one does. And so I, uh, that was my fear when the store dog first started showing up. Amazing dog. And uh, you know, th- well, there we go. Dark rain, so we're kind of at a yeah. mode for it. People yeah, I mean, are just vented out. You think about this, though. This is Norman Osborne now has access to all of the initiative files. And, and here's my question, and 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 Loki's yes, <laughs> but why? Why would Norman Osborne share the power? Because he realizes he can't do it alone. Mm-hmm. He's already got it. He's already in control. You know, you know, this thing's going to end with him going psycho. Well, you know, of course, he's already himself. putting on the... Didn't it? End? Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and I would say the key, the key book then for this really has not been Secret Invasion, but Thunderbolts. Yeah, he's been running the thun- He's been in the Warren Ellis run for the last year. He's been running the Thunderbolts, yeah. and that's been tracking the slow breakdown of Norman Osborn and the return to his Machiavellian manipulations, but also his return to he's keeping a Green Goblin suit in his desk drawer. And Just ready to touch it every now and then. Every, and then finally, <laughs> security and finally when the scrolls invaded, he did. Giggity. He did get wear it, and then claimed, "No, you guys all hallucinated." Yeah. And the, so the the Green Goblin went on a killing spree, and then he took it off and went. I don't know what you guys were talking about. We talk about two more things, though. I mean, we talked about Namor and how you know he looks like he's. He's just drawn poorly in this, mm-hmm. but it actually could be an interesting character given the background between this and the Illuminati. Yeah. The Hood. How long has The Hood been in Marvel? The Hood's been in Marvel for uh, since the Bill, Bill Jameis days, so at least eight years, nine Eight years, years? that long? Okay. Yeah, a, a very as minor, big a force as he is now? No. The thing is the Kingpin went down. Bendis, yeah. Bendis has had pegged The Hood. The last year, they've been slowly building it. There was a new kingpin, and it was revealed to be the hood. Okay, and is that happening in Daredevil or something? Uh, I don't know where it's been happening. Okay. It was mentioned. In, I know it was mentioned in New Avengers or Mighty Avengers. I can't remember which one. Because whatever book it is, I'm not reading it, and so he just kind of came out of. He's just. Field. It's just been showing, like Spider. It's just been all over the place. That there's been signs the hood was in charge. Okay, uh, which was originally a four issue miniseries by Bill Rosen, Roseman, Rosenman. Yeah. He used to be your man at Marvel. He was the the yeah, yeah. info guy, but now he's, I, I talked he's, to him when I was in there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you met Bill. So uh, and I guess he is back at Marvel, but yeah. he so he kind of created the hood and perennial favorite Doctor Doom. Who, and Doctor Doom, no Doom's questions be, whatsoever. You know, show, sure. Well, oh, then, I mean, would I have you, no, give, would you have really no, give Norman Nas points? I have no day? real quibbles with the choice of characters. I just have a quibble with I'm tired why, of the event. Why? Why not just? Don't be, do it you're right. Let it just be the status quo. I'd yeah. like it not be event like Final Crisis. I do understand why that's got to be. Luther was president, right? But not every issue in in DC said President Luther. We had series. one special that said was about him being elected, but it yeah. was just the way it was in the DC universe. Yeah. That's the way to handle it. Absolutely, yep. absolutely. Okay. Let's go to another event, wiping out the um, Marvel Ultimate Universe Ultimatum. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Which I don't I, caught up on that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not quite at number two. I guess just came it came out today at the stands. How's yeah. that one doing for you? Ultimatum. Uh, Steve, didn't we just sell out of Ultimatum? No. Oh, good, because I just saw, I still want to buy one. Yeah. Because it's the best Jeff Loeb story in a long time. Like I say, when when you actually tell him from the beginning, Jeff, go ahead and kill as many people as you want. Yeah. 
He writes a doggone good story. It's been it's a steady seller. Good. It's a definitely steady seller. Yeah. yeah. I think also maybe because here's an event where you do feel like it is bringing something to a close of the Marvel Universe. So People that's happening. People the are not universe. complaining about it like they are Secret Invasion. And so that's forth. happening primarily in Fantastic Four and um, X-Men. Well, they were setting things up for it, but... But Spider-Man, there's not currently a Ultimates book. There is an Ultimatum book. Right, right. Um, Well, because it is bringing the Ultimate Universe to some kind of new, truly new status quo, which has always been the great thing about the Ultimate Universe. Anything can happen. You know, so... uh, And uh, let's see... uh, but yeah, I give it a thumbs up. I've you been enjoying it. Uh, I've enjoying it so far. Hey, I got to follow up on a story. We did mention Jeff Johns left JSA. Dan DiDio this morning on com- uh, Comic Book Resources uh, or Newsarama. Say that again. I didn't hear this. He uh, did announce who was replacing Jeff Johns. Okay. So actually, we may create a superhero book that Anna will read. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, gang. I don't know who the new artist is, but the new writers on. Uh, on uh, JSA, replacing Jeff Johns will be Bill Willingham and Matthew okay. Sturges, oh. the creators of Fables and Jack of Fables. Yeah. So, kind of interesting. Could be an interesting uh, turn and choice for, for JSA. Yeah. And that should be hitting, like, March oh, Willingham or April. on JSA. That's going to be interesting. Well, he did start off with a superhero team, the Elementals. Yeah. Long, long, long ago. Okay. Before Stephanie was born. Mm-hmm. Mm, perspective. Old. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. thank you. I am. Uh, speaking of You're old. young. <laughs> yeah, that's just it. Shoot a baby. Speaking of, you know, you caught up on, you guys caught up on the Doctor Who series, The Forgotten. The I've, not read series. I've not read you it. You have not read it. No, not at all. You should. I was waiting oh, for it. Really good. good. Yeah. I like it. Pia Guerra, who is the mm-hmm. artist on Why the Last Man, is following up by, by doing this Doctor Who series involving all the doctors. You've enjoyed it. You're oh, a big yeah. Doctor Who fan. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I watched a little bit of Doctor Who the other day because now I have TV for the first time in a year. Oh, yeah? And uh, all The pictures I, move. Isn't that cool? It was interesting. Um, I was mostly captured and and astonished by the fact that his front of his hair is <laughs> astonishingly long for being sort of a short haircut. And it is oh, so it's not Christopher like about a Yeah, it can't be Eccleston. That has you must have been watching the David Tennant jump. one. Oh, of course, Dave. He's the only one who's completely hot. Hello. Well, okay. He's eye candy. There's two girls in this podcast. We're allowed to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He's okay. yummy, huh? Mm-hmm. See? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Deal. Great. Okay. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did you want to say anything about the, the, about the comic? How, um, it? What I really like about it is that it's really making me want to watch the classic series. Yeah. I kind of oh, don't interesting. know. Interesting. Like the backgrounds of most of the doctors that they're showing. And, and, and as of last week, there's a new, was it last week or the week before? There's a new classic so now there's two Doctor Who classic comics. Is that the IDW, Grant Morrison one? IDW is riding this one for as, as much as they can get out of it, which I certainly can't blame them for it. The you know, for there. the... Um, we were talking before the podcast, mm-hmm. and Netflix uh, just recently started their streaming service. And so you can... If you have a Netflix subscription at like $10 or more a month, you have access to all their library, and you can immediately watch movies that they have available through that service. PC only. Xbox, right? Xbox, Xbox TiVo. Not Apple. I don't Mm. know about the Macintosh. Not Apple. I imagine that'll (laughs) change. I'm. You look at me like I don't have two Macintoshes at home. I'm just saying. It's okay. We look at you up. like you work for a certain company. I do. It <laughs> seems to benefit from all these things. <clears throat> anyway, um, all the classic Doctor Who stuff is available for instant streaming. Who? Yeah. Cool. All this. I was going through the list, and so mm. you can. I'm watching the first season, the third, uh, thir- uh, thirty rock, thirty rock, third rock from the third from rock the from plaza. the plaza. Wasn't a bad. Wasn't a bad sitcom either. Uh, but oh, I want to mention, but by the way, you know, you have you've lorded over me. I know I'm jumping over to TV, but it's here. You've not, I've lorded not over you. It's just, not unfairly that you have that yearbook edition of Freaks and Geeks. Yes, you want to borrow? I don't need to. Ah, actually, I mean, I, I you lived it. I lived it. That's that's <laughs> that, ain't that the truth? Quite literally, but really, um, Shout Factory. Did a second pressing of it. Oh, so it is available of the Norseman, right now. Uh, yearbook. Uh, yes. Excellent. So, so because that sold out and it sold so well for them, they thought, well, we'll give it out. So now that is available on Amazon. I wanted to give a shout out to Shout Factory, which is reviving a lot of things like that shows yeah. that would otherwise be lost. It's a terrific package. I mean, it's it, on the outside. It is a. That's what she said. It is a full. <laughs> it is a. She did. It's a full. 
on your book representation, no, the great. textured it's textured great. cover. But beyond uh, that, I just like that you know the shows. Yeah. Then they recently released Spin City, and they did it. Really yes, I said textured cover. Oh my. <laughs> wow. Huh. Okay, I, I, I innuendo moved, just that I easy. I moved for 14 hours yesterday. I got to sleep at 3 a.m. and I was up at 8:30. So and you know what? And we're I'm not tired. noticing we're not, a single not a behavioral difference. I know that's what says. <laughs> but you know what? I'm starting to. Get in fact, really tired. what I, in fact what I'm really and thinking is I'm just gonna go downhill. And you've been drinking I'm, since noon. No, it is only a, one drink. What I'm thinking is Anna strangely sober this afternoon. <laughs> and, so come to come to a loose comedy game. You make it seem so festive and warm. It is. There's a Christmas tree. Anyway, so yeah. Shout Factory's got a lot of stuff out there, and they also did, like came up with Johnny Cash Christmas specials this year. Wow, wow! <laughs> it's just a great little company. So uh, I, I'm, and I'm most pleased by the Freaks and Geeks thing because now I too can get a copy of it. Because it's nice to borrow it, but it's one of those things we understand as fanboys. You've got to own it. Yeah, to own the television show that defined us, a, our lives. <laughs> I mean, our lives were already there and had already been defined, but the, but a show that actually grew up captured in the 90s, it. it's, it's set in the it's set in the 80s, right? Yeah, it's 1980. It yeah. is 1980. Yeah, and, even uh, if you grew up in the 90s, you're going to go, yeah, fashions were a little bit different, but that was us. Yeah, you know? yeah. There you go. Um, oh, speaking of things that d- defined a comics or changed things, American Flag, which we talked about when they had a hardback, yeah, the hardback came out. Hard so cover. today, the today the soft cover. But you said now it's lesser. I think it's. I think the hardcover was twelve issues. This looks. Like, this is six issues. So, okay, so the dividing to make it a little cheaper. But in I soft mean, cover. if your budget doesn't, your budget doesn't allow you to get the hardcover. The soft cover is going to have the same goodness that it was American Flag. And we cannot stress enough: American Flag changed the way comics were yeah. sold. Yeah. And I mean, Howard Shake is still doing the same stuff, and it doesn't. It's it's like the Citizen Kane. A lot of bad girls in lingerie. <laughs> And then, we're back to that, and then we're back to Greg Horn, Greg Land, and yeah, Michael yeah. Turner. So um, let's move. <laughs> Odd segue here because, of course, speaking of bad girls in lingerie, tomorrow for Christmas, to fill our stockings, Hollywood has given us um, <clears throat> the final long-awaited adaptation of Will Eisner's The Spirit. Yes. A comic, which actually originated as, I think we mentioned before, a comic book uh, syndicate, syndicated in newspapers, not actually a comic book. It was a 16-page, it was just a big history about this, 16-page supplement in the 40s till 1952. So Will Eisner, of course, who we've named the, the industry award, the Eisners after, uh, Giant and the guy who claimed to have originated graphic novel form, though. Done instructional uh, manuals on how to do comics, how to write, how to, how to draw. He was the man. He did it all. Yeah. And uh, so a couple of years after he passed away... Commensurate storyteller. Mm-hmm. Yes. He passed away a few years ago. Yes. And uh, and now Frank Miller has, in the wake of his success with Sin City and, and 300, uh, and 300 uh, was given the reins by Lionsgate to write and direct an adaptation of The Spirit, which will open tomorrow. Right. So tell me. I well, sent I went up to roving reporter Rick Brettschneider. <laughs> and uh, accompanied by Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi Brettschneider. And uh, we made it up to the city last week. Um, I'm going to come at this from a couple of different angles. First off. <laughs> Obliquely. Because <laughs> this this movie has gotten trashed already in a really? lot of reviews. Oh, yeah. Are you going to trash um, it? I'm not totally going to trash okay, it. Okay, that's, that's good. But I want to set a couple of it? parameters. Yeah, yeah. Yes, that's why I'm doing the review. <laughs> yes, I sent him up to San Francisco last week to see it. See, that's a handy thing for me to know. Uh, we mentioned that you just were about 30 um, seconds, you were yeah. looking at a piece of paper. You know what? I'm, I'm falling asleep with my eyes open. I know that's it's talent. okay. It's a, <laughs> it's a talent because Steve will never. Hear this is Anna 24 <laughs> seven. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so I'll say right up front: if you are a hardcore Will Eisner spirit fan, you will be disappointed that they did not do the visualization of Will Eisner's The Spirit. However, there's a big clue in the naming of this movie because it's Frank Miller's The Spirit. And if They you, really do? They call it Frank Miller's The Spirit? I think it's not Frank Miller's Will Eisner's Frank, The Spirit? Frank Miller's name is much bigger than Will Eisner's and everything I've seen. And in reality, if they didn't, they should have. Because... Okay. And it, I was bothered by this film a lot. I have to, I, Frankly, oddly enough, I have to go see it again. Um, because... I was, I was, and don't call me like Lon calls me. Actually, call me. Okay. And say, <laughs> As I'm going into the theater, I'll go. No, Derek. No, no. You know, Lon calls after. 
Ah, he comes out hey, and goes, dude. You want to go to the movie? To I, me? I just saw Two Punisher, hours ago? I just saw Punisher Warzone. Did you want to go? Yeah. We said, anyway, go ahead. Okay. I'm not, I'm not giving that one up. So, you know, a lot of them, if you are, if you're looking for that film, you won't find it. And you will be very confused through, I mean, you'll be somewhat disturbed and somewhat annoyed throughout most of the movie. So, guide me to the upside. The, if you've they, never well, read the comic. But then at the end, in the credits, y- you will have this, you'll have this spark. Because what they do over the credits is they show you the Frank Miller drawings of, of the sto- from the storyboards for a, a number of the scenes in the movie. And you go, oh my God. It's the spirit as if it had been created and drawn by Frank Miller. Okay. And that's the movie you're getting. And if you put it if you put it into that perspective, which is what I was afraid it was going to be, that's the movie you get. If, if you haven't read it, is it good standalone? Is, if, if, you if it's not had, an adaptation. Okay, so let's viewing. let's talk a little bit more about the movie divorced from whether or not it meets the Eisner mm-hmm. uh, because we're just going to right off the bat say no. It doesn't. There's a couple of scenes where um, Eisner did this thing with rain. Rain was all rain was much more viscous and clingy and droppy and stuff. And they do a little bit of that at the beginning, but it's not. It's more mud and it's not. It's almost. It looks like it could have been partially drawn as an Eisner thing, but it's not quite. Very dark and very. Uh, it's the fight. Um, so a couple of the odd things, and, and the other the other big uh, problem with it as a as an Eisner movie is that we've got Samuel L. Jackson chewing up the scenery in full full regalia. It's not. Can I and, ask whereas, something honestly? Sure. Does he ever not chew up the scenery? <laughs> I'm sure there's something that he hasn't. But what can somebody? Uh, you know, challenge. He, no. I, what I, I, movie was Samuel L. Jackson actually subtle in? And unbreakable. He was not subtle in that. No one was, sure as hell was. No. He was he was very subtle up until the end. Maybe uh, no. right. yeah. well that was well over a decade no, I think ago. He was a strong okay. force in that so anyway, let's move on. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. so the fact that, that he is uh, full on flamboyant costume chasing he's like the uh, he was his, subtle in snakes on a plane. <laughs> Compared to the rest of the film. Yeah. <laughs> so he changes costumes more often than uh, Jackie mm-hmm. Collins. Uh, Which is Joan because Collins. the octopus is, was a master of disguise. Maybe. These aren't disguises. No, no, no. But I mean, but I think that's probably like that's yeah. Frank Miller's yeah. honoring in a strange Miller-esque way. And he, he comes up with an unnecessary um, question, which is how come the spirit can take so much damage and keep coming back? And turns that into the major plot point and ties the octopus into the answer. I'm not going to go any further than that because that's enough think, of a spoiler. I think right anybody there. with half a brain can figure out the, the common, it, that sounds like the common Hollywood mistake yeah. with the superhero or uh, first movie. Right. But you didn't do it. I mean, in Die Hard, nobody said, hey, how come Bruce no, Willis no, keeps going? No, because it's a, because it's a superhero. Right. It's, but, it is and it isn't. But, Eisen, but the spirit isn't a superhero. He's he's. I would say the Eisner spirit is much more along the lines of the you know, the McCain the McCain Mickey Spillane. No, the 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 uh, diehard character Bruce John Willis's dying character diehard character John McClane um, character uh, than uh, sure, superhero. but created fifty years earlier. Yeah. yeah, I mean he always was. He and nobody always, said how do, how does he keep going? I mean he just does. That was, you know, that was the thing sure force of will. Um, so let's get in a little bit of more of will Eisner. So. <laughs> Whereas, That's why the Eisner Award's so awesome. So Absolutely. you you get you get in staging in the in the movie itself, the the props are a mess because you have uh, like like Sin City, you have this kind of noir look, and you have these '30s slash '40s style cars, mm-hmm. and but mix that in with cell phones. Hmm. And computers on people's desks hmm. and scanners. Mm-hmm. There's a scene uh, where Eva Mendez. Um, uh, Is leaves, she sans, ser- serif? sans she, serif? She's uh, sans serif, yes. Yeah. And she leaves her calling card, which basically is she sits. On, no, oh, she sits. Worse. She sits on a scanner and scans a picture of her butt and prints it out. Nice. And throws it in the trash for the spirit to find it later. Well, now I know what Anna's getting us all for little Christmas. And then, mm-hmm. and then, so you the, you then have the spirit walking around with the scan picture, saying, "Have you seen this woman?" What? <laughs> through, through so it's fun. I mean, it is it was, meant to be it funny. Was, it's, that part of much of it is lighter. Violence is over the top. 
Um, there are some scenes you've probably seen there in the commercial. There's a scene where they're in kabuki, uh, not kabuki. They're in Japanese dress and it's very white. It has it has elements that you would say they pull right out of um, Pulp Fiction. Um, it's 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 very it's very bright, very stark in contrast to the very darkness of it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna totally trash this movie because, like I said, if you aren't looking for the Will Eisner part of it, you might have fun with it in the same way you had fun with Pulp Fiction, Pulp Fiction, and the way you act, frankly, that you had with Sin City. But it's not as so, cohesive. So is it kind of like it's, it's not spirit as, in Sin City? It's Sin City too, kind of, but it's not as cohesive as Sin City. It's not as it's it's funny wow. because for for somebody Miller, there are a lot of stories about how Ramirez. Uh, Robert Rodriguez had to basically court Frank Miller to get him to allow him to make Sin City mm-hmm. to prove that he would be so true to the to the to the the original material, and that to have Miller take on something possibly more treasured than his own work, and he and, did it by dating and, him, and do it his way is it's I find that a little disappointing. Must have been flowers and so, No, absolutely. So there you I, go. The, and and oh, yeah, I've been thinking about this for a couple of weeks because obviously I've been reading a lot of those trashings. Is I can understand, you know, from a, a studio executive's point of view, since that he did fairly well, a lot of people went nuts for it. 300 did well. But what is not remembered is uh, Rodriguez, awesome Rodriguez guided Frank Miller. Right. And Rodriguez told the story. You right. know, I mean, Frank Miller was there to actually make Rodriguez tell a, the more coherent story than Rodriguez has on his own in a right. long time. But Rodriguez, the direct, was really the director. Right. It was a kindness to call Frank Miller co-director on that. 300, he wrote the graphic novel. That was it. He wasn't the director. So, but from a studio's they see Frank Miller, they go, oh, we've got the spirit. Let's do this. And, but yeah, I would agree. I guess that's my, that. The only thing that disappoints me, I'm not like this diehard Eisner fan. Um, <coughs> See, I loved Eisner. But, every time, I, but let me put it this way. Every time I've read an Eisner story, I've enjoyed it. I appreciate what people like about the spirit. And what I'm, what I'm when that finally made it here to the screen, that's not. Eisner tells a better story in four pages than most people can do in 20. Sure. So, I mean, I mean, as a storyteller, he's head and shoulders above, or he was head and shoulders above everybody else. Absolutely. And Miller Miller will take a four-page four, four page story and, and tell it in 40. Him, yeah. So, but and he does it beautifully. So, I'm not, it's a different different taste, but, yeah. Well, all right. So, there. So, I'm, so not, it's a maybe. I'm not trashing it. So, I'm it's saying, a maybe. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm going to As long as you go into prepared with the right mindset, you're probably going to have a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, I saw... Uh, and I don't know necessarily it's the best movie of the year because I haven't um, seen all the movies yet that people are talking about as being best movie, but I've seen the one that I think is, which is now the curious case of Benjamin Button. Is um, it good? You liked it? The, the David Fincher directed film. Uh, uh, it was Eric Roth or Stephen Roth who wrote the uh, wrote the screenplay. He wrote Forrest Gump. So Benjamin Button does feel a little bit like Forrest Gump in its structure, but it is missing, and I say thankfully, those kind of political ambiguities that... Forrest Gump has so like Republicans consider uh, Forrest Gump this great statement about conservatism, and uh-huh. liberals consider it this great statement about liberalism. Right, and you know and it's like it's out there. This is the curious case of Benjamin Button uh, with Brad Pitt and Kate Blanchett is again written from the original uh, adapted by vaguely from from the F. Scott Fitzgerald story. They apparently got a tax break to go film in New Orleans, which uh, Brad Pitt. Oh. Has uh, bought a house in New Orleans and donated a lot of money to rebuilding. Not inside, I just hung around that side. Yeah, and uh, and the move actually makes a, a lot of sense thematically. It it opens uh, with Kate Blanchett's character as an old woman in the hos- in a hospital on the eve of Katrina hitting, and she's got this diary and she te- and she tells her daughter to read the diary out loud and it's the di- the last will and testament of Benjamin Button, and it goes back to his very beginning and it's just an incredibly beautiful film. Yeah. And it's chapters in this guy's life, and each and every one of these chapters, and Alon's not here for me to say, this is like three gridiron gangs put together. <laughs> uh, because it's like within the first five minutes, they tell a story that basically summarizes some, you know, some of the themes. And I'm, I'm like a little... <laughs> You're crying. <laughs> just a little moistened up. And then it's like, and then another eight minutes, this chapter goes by, and you go, there's the lesson learned and all this. And the makeup CG combination and, and the performance by Brad Pitt. And this is a performance that only a guy who has now become a father... Can can do because he's believable as a seven year old kid with the body of an eighty two year old. Yeah, 
And so, so and looking, you would know because you've got the small children. Yeah, so he looks like he's an old man, <laughs> but the fa- but everything about him is that curiosity, and everybody's rebuffing him and treating him like an old man, and he wants to play. And that simple little thing of he can't play and the heartbreak of that because yeah. he'll literally break and because <laughs> he can't walk yet because his legs aren't strong, you know, and it's just great. And then they, I mean, back to the point where they get him to 18 where he looks like he's walked out of Thelma and Louise, but now there's wisdom in his eyes. And it's just like, it's an amazing, see, it's a CG makeup combo, but wow. it's seamless and it is astounding and it is a great performance and it is a greatly moving film. And, uh, so I've got to pay to see that again. It's two hours, 47 minutes. Holy and, wow. and it felt like an hour. Yeah. It just went by, you know, and, and half of that hour was spent crying like a little baby, yeah. crying like Lon Lopez at a football movie. You know, I saw I saw Rachel getting married, and it was, I cried through a lot of that. Okay, so. That was really good. You understand. It's a good time for sentimental, but it's also a really good time, I think, at Christmas to, and so you've got the spirit, which is like, beat the crap out of people over the top violence, and then a curious case of Benjamin Button, which is about, by the way, if, if you work hard at it, life's actually pretty worth living. Yeah. You know, and you, you know what movie really, really gives me that message? Was Zach and Mary make a porno? That, that was deep. The end is about love, moving on, <clears throat> seeing people's body parts that you never really needed to see. You're a very damaged person, aren't you? You know, yes. Kevin Smith ruined me. <laughs> you know what I want to get Anna for Christmas? <laughs> no, seriously, Zach and Mary make a porno. Uh, here, I've actually great. heard some good things. Uh, I, I actually laughed so hard, I cried a different way. That's I, a different I, was, kind, yeah. I, I couldn't breathe. I was laughing so hard at some parts of it. it it's a really good It's movie. one I wanted to catch up on. It, it's, um, it's, it's, so. You know, and, and even the gross parts are extremely funny. It, none of it will you go. I have no problem uh, with that. You're just, you know, it's it's a different tone than what we were just talking about. I'm just saying, it, it, was, <laughs> it was a Christmas message, though, because it, it takes place in the winter in the movie, and, and it's around Christmas. Time and it's a. How about you, Stephanie? Any Christmas, uh, Christmas uh, movie advice? What? I, uh, the last movie I saw was Boy in the Striped Pajamas. Okay. Holocaust. Holocaust. Uh, Holocaust ah, yes, yeah. another holiday. Uh, mm. Hanukkah. Hanukkah. <laughs> uh, yes. I want to watch Valkyrie, though. Valkyrie, that looks fun. which opens tomorrow as well. For Oddly, us. during yeah. Hanukkah. Oh, in doubt. What the timing was on that? You reviewed uh, that last week. Yeah, we talked yeah. about Valkyrie last week. Uh, a lot of people already, again, can't get past the accent issue, mm. and I what, don't. What the know. Tom Cruise can't do one, right? And but they don't do any. They don't do German accents except they just everybody just speaks in their own accents. So if you're an American actor, you've got an American accent. If you're a British English. actor, you've got a British one. And and then unfortunately, where it really breaks down is there's two German actors who have German accents, and so they've got German accents. So I'm like, huh? Is that just different regions of Germany? <laughs> have <laughs> you seen the Tom Cruise Scientology video? Yes. No, it's like there was a I guess Huffington Press. Uh, there was some oh yeah, he, top, top ten YouTube videos of the past year, and and that's one this. of them. Yeah. Well, it was parodied in in superhero movie. Oh, is it? And where uh, in superhero? Oh, movie, superhero par- movie. Okay. And they they say like Dragonfly appears, and they get they got a guy <laughs> who did a really good Tom Cruise is saying like I don't know, he doesn't have superpowers. I have superpowers. I can fly. And they go to a, <laughs> uh, they go to a newspaper headline that says Tom Cruise dead fall fall off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I thought though you know, it's a strong enough around Tom Cruise, and he's, and he's serious enough. He's in that kind of what was that movie where he was the assassin um, with Jamie Fox? Oh shoot, Collateral, oh, Collateral, uh, Collateral. So he's kind of in that Collateral mode, where he's basically like in just Terminator mode. I think really they're making a huge mistake by not putting him in the Terminator movies because if Tom Cruise was a Terminator, we would not survive. <laughs> Okay. I have no... I would go see that movie. You would. So there you go. Um, We have a little bit of news. Got a shout out to one of of my uh, publishers there. Uh, Oh, oh my gosh. I can't believe they were a little transition to comics, transitioning to film. We got a chance to... Rick and I got a chance to read a graphic novel. uh, Hybrid. Hybrid, uh, which I guess had already been published in four individual issues. And what was the publisher? Studio 407. Oh, that's right. right. So it was self-published by this production company that was going to turn it into a horror film. Yep. And we were contacted by the writer, whose name utterly escapes me at the moment, and I apologize for that. Peter? Uh, Okay. Yeah. And so we read this graphic novel, which will be coming in January or February. And Hybrid is a horror, while while Rick is looking up the facts. I can't find it. Okay. Uh, Hybrid is a horror story. 
about a group of uh, UCLA people about to graduate from UCLA. So young college students in on Cancun a, on vacation in Cancun, and they go out on a boat and they stumble they across. A boat. They stumble across a ship with a. They see a little girl waving, and uh, it turns out that there's some horrible sea creature that's manipulating. Things, it's so hunting that, uh, us, yeah, and using keeping a little girl alive is which I bait. can't think. It, it's very that's a very subtle twist on the horror um, genre that there haven't really been too many that have been subtle enough to not just run you down or chase you or trap you, but they this one is actually fishing, fishing. Yes, so while they're not on a fishing excursion, they are being fished. Yeah. Or human. <laughs> They're being humans. <laughs> They're being human. Yeah. And uh, so it's kind of kind of interesting. I'll be interested. It, what I thought, and I'll just say my gut reaction was, it was an intelligent version of this horror film from the '80s called Humanoids from the Deep. Yeah. Have you ever seen that one? Yeah. Um, Although they don't quite, they don't quite explain where the creature comes from. It had a lot of Terminator aspects to it because they keep on definitely this thing keeps on getting shot and crunched and burnt and whatever. And it keeps was coming an, back it, at it was an interesting read, an interesting idea. I just say a twist on art the was horror nice. Film. I liked the art. I wasn't so keen on sort of the guy's ability to tell the story. Some of the art was beautiful, but I wasn't quite sure where it was leading to. It's, I felt like I, it was jumping around in ways that. Um, it was a screenplay first, and I suspect that was one of the things, too, that there is a difference between screenplay and comic, and I'm not so sure they made that transition quite the way they should have. But there's a bit in, there's a bit in the plot where there are – there's duplicitous heroism in it, yeah. in it. And that, I think, was a little confused through uh, the middle part of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we, we will admit that we're reviewing this without having actually read – Chapter four. Well, now see, that's the brilliance of this, and this is where I, where I was starting to rip into the art. And we'll saying, follow like, up like with the storytelling, but then the copy that they let us read online was the fourth issue didn't have any through an error dialogue through, through an, an error. error didn't have any dialogue balloons, caption boxes, anything. Hmm. And Just you the could, art, and it was really easy to follow the story. Yeah, I, <laughs> I felt so, it was I only know, like halfway through. I'm going. I thought, what a daring, has, what a daring choice. Yes, totally. Hmm. Just. They like can't that speak. issue of so, uh, they're, they're too frightened to speak. Like that's that right. issue of Sergeant Fury without the words, you know. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, it really was a credit to the artist's then ability to keep, to carry it going. So maybe you know, this thing, as it was four issues, where I think my storytelling problems were were in the first two, yeah. and the I, artist just got better. Sometimes, and by the fourth issue, really could. Have you know sometimes when when things are just vastly different, it, it shakes you. You reread it and you come to accept it even more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What I said to Rick was I need I didn't have time this morning to go back. And read the beginning. Yeah. Once we'd gotten the email that said, "Oops, issue four <laughs> had a production error," and <laughs> for this preview version, mm-hmm. and you know, but it's, it's chapter four because it's a graphic I, yes, novel. I'm sorry, it's 114 four. pages, I think, of, uh, of of story in it. I mean, it. I would recommend this to and anybody it's who's in produ- it's in pre-production right now, being filmed in film. Thailand. But the graphic so, novel looks like it's worth a buy. I mean, the. Uh, if you're looking for a good horror story, and there aren't a lot of good horror um, graphic novels out there, uh, and there's a lot of people who come in who, who are looking for a horror. Well, then yeah. we definitely recommend this hybrid from Studio hybrid. 407 Tim, Press. Steve, you hear this? So yeah. it's it's uh, it's gory, but not too gory, um, yeah. and it's a it's it's a, it's a great idea. Yeah, it is a great idea. So we give that one up. Uh, Arcana Publications Press. Uh, that uh, published Greatest American Hero, which came out last week from <clears throat> some guys we don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, forgot and, to, I forgot to have you sign my copy. Oh, I'll sign it. Mm. Uh, anyway, wait, uh, wait, they, wait, I want to touch you because I know you. Oh, oh wow, the electric shock. <laughs> That's because I've been rubbing my feet on the carpet. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, so they just announced, and this is where Tim uh, Watson, working behind the counter, is going to collapse. Is that they just announced that he's not behind the counter? He went to the back. Oh, I didn't say I, I have my back to the counter, just so you won't distract me. <laughs> that uh, anyway, that they they announced this week that uh, they've been in production. And in fact, apparently they're like halfway through filming uh, an adaptation of their book Paradox uh, about a parallel universe uh, a guy basically in charge of keeping of being a police policing the parallel universes and the star is kevin sorbo kevin yes. sorbo from hercules, hercules the legendary hercules. journeys and and andromeda <laughs> wrong movie <laughs> <I know. laughs> uh, 
And so... <laughs> just just so you and, listeners understand, Tim Watson of Elusive Comics and Games is in love with Kevin Sorbo. It's a... It's, a it's an unrequited crush. love. It's an unrequited man crush, but we'll get him there. We'll get him face-to-face with, with Kevin Sorbo someday. And now that uh, we know uh, the publisher who's got this movie deal going... And Arcana, though I, I don't know that their circulation or it breaks into the top, certainly not in the top 100, but that's because that's dominated by Marvel and DC. No, in fact, if anyone out there has a cutout Kevin Sorbo or posters of Kevin Sorbo and want to bring them to Elusive Comics, Tim will love you forever. Wow, that's a deal. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we do know from a Halloween party a couple of years ago, he does look pretty good in a French maid's outfit. So, uh, it's part of a five-picture deal for Arcana, and uh, they're adapting a bunch. This is on the heels of they were also getting – Nelvana is doing uh, – animating their The Clockwork Girl, which uh, we do have a review of that uh, graphic novel on the uh, – on Family Planet because Dave K really liked that and thought it was really good. So things are happening for this, for this. And once again, here we got Hybrid, which was written as a screenplay. Learn a graphic novel first. It's again, this is the place to to develop. Even as I don't know if sales are are that great, but everybody still thinks you got to do it as a comic first. Yeah. Well, if you do it just in general, in the if you do it as a comic, you you can kind of say this is these this is basically step one towards storyboards. It is. And so you, it's easy, and it's easy for the people who make decisions to read a comic, whereas scripts are a lot more words, and those guys say. It is because it, it is a version of storyboards. I mean, a lot of the way a lot yeah. of comics are done are created in storyboard fashion. Yeah. You don't even have to hire someone to give you an idea. It's <laughs> what storyboard. Well, a lot, read of, the sto- comic. Uh, and a lot yeah. of storyboard, uh, a lot of movie companies were hiring comics artists anyway. Keith Giffen spent, like, kind of dropped out of the industry for about five years. Be a storyboard guy. And Probably pay better. They did. Uh, <laughs> he's not the only. I mean, a lot have done that. And now Best that's storyboarder right now. And David Alcock. And David Alcock. Yes. No recurring. Shout out to shout out to the Alcock. No recurring. No recurring long events. Right in storyboarding. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just unless unless you're involved in a trilogy. Yeah. Uh, Heaven help you. There you go. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but if we, I wanted to go someplace and see all this stuff, oh, all this new no. stuff it's before it's out, and all this other good yeah, stuff, where could I potentially go? I will tell you, Rick. That's, you? that's that's nice. We that of course we've got a local event coming now. I think the New York Comic Con is actually if you're on the East Coast, and we know we must have some listeners there. That's uh, in the uh, beginning of February. At the end of February, I believe so, February 28th. The ones 27th. that are too tired of 27th, comments. 28th, and March 1st. Is mm-hmm. that right? Yes. Uh, in San Francisco, WonderCon uh, will will be there. And t- today is the first day. Tickets have gone on sale at Elusive Comics and Games. I'm sure it's your, at your local Bay Area comic shop as well. But why would you go anyplace else? Actually, not necessarily all. You want to call first. Because you want to call they're first. They're being more okay. selective about who they're selling to Let's this year. just say, people, if you want to get tickets to WonderCon, and it is a fun show, not quite as big as Comic Con, therefore you can actually breathe, you can sleep, you can move. Yep. It's not as um, they have a good. It's area not as sweaty and smelly. Ex- they have a excellent week. costume. Good show. independence area. They, I mean, DC. Uh, you have to. You have to admit, DC has done a great job of supporting that convention. Marvel, not so much. No, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but Marvel, not so much Comic Con either. You know, okay. they the Wizard World. Marvel Dark has Horse Marvel threw great. themselves in with Tokyo. Wizard World, but Dark Horse comes out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Image, of course, does. I mean, they're Image local. They're in Berkeley. Fantastic. They're just moving their office. In fact, just got an email from shout out to Joe from them. Keating. Joe, Joe Keating. Joe, come down and join the and podcast. I like, I like all the, you're given. We you won't missed let him at the last party. We, no, I was here. You hour. missed me. You um, right, right. I wasn't remember sober. you were drinking. Right, yeah. uh, so, uh, Joe, come on down. Uh, <laughs> all is forgiven. And no, no, no. I hope you forgive all of us. And Goodson will yeah. not be allowed within thirty feet. We got a restraining order. It's fantastic. <laughs> And okay, we're going to so, send him a link to this podcast. Anyway, <laughs> come to uh, come to Elusive Comics and get your WonderCon tickets. There's a three-day pass is $30. A one-day pass is $12. Sunday is $10. A little lighter because it's a little shorter. But that's the great deal. And all for, the good stuff is sold. Good, yeah. Well, maybe. Sunday. Who knows? Although, although if you show up late on Sundays, a lot of these guys don't want to take this stuff home. Yeah. So they end up doing nice deals. Yeah. I completely have to concur with that. It's, yeah. it's the best time to try and get uh, 50% off. You know, so if you have Christmas money, save it. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Come to Elusive Comics and Come spend to Elusive it. Comics. Uh, I'll be spending that next week. 
Uh, I'll okay. try to, you Starting know. February 1st, that's when you can start saving up for WonderCon. Oh, okay. Go. Okay. Uh, it's like Susie Orman for comics. Hell yeah. That's the way to go. Because, you know, you can skip all the Faces of Evil and Dark Rain crossovers and, you know. Yeah. My God, that's a brilliant idea. Susie Orman of comics. comics. How to spend your money and on what? <laughs> anyway, wow. you want to invest in graphic novels you do. that have been signed. Well, you is there a resale the value on graphic novels? And get the signings. You want to get the good bags and boards, acid free. Put them in storage, temperature controlled. What? With Dorothy With graphic, Dorothy graphic novels. novels. I can ensure you will get your autograph if you ask. Absolutely. I'll sign them, and I, I didn't even have anything to do with Dorothy. I said something <laughs> nice about it once on Fanboy Planet, and look how my life has changed. Uh, so, Tony Loco, you know, we've still got a couple of issues with that. Uh, so, but in the meantime, of course, people buy Greatest American Hero number one. I also got an email that uh, from, I, I wish I could remember that it was the name of the company, of the publisher, but the Lego Batman game is moving to the iPod. You know, I don't have an iPod. I mean, I have an iPod. But it's not moving to the iPod. It's moving to the iTouch I and touch. iPhone. See, now there you oh, go. Really? I don't know the technology. Uh-huh. So explain that to me. I touch my iPhone. You do. So the iTouch. But I don't have an iTouch. iTouch I don't have an iPhone. But I know somebody who does. Phone capabilities. That's true. It has okay. wireless I just capabilities. Wireless capabilities. If you're within the range of a wireless transmission, whereas the phone will do it over the phone connection right. and give okay. you an internet connection more places. Yep. Yep. Okay, but how is it as a gaming platform? Because that I have no idea. Obviously, Anna would have to tell you. As that, I, just, I only played I just Crash Bandicoot. My utter sucked. ignorance. Well, of the iTouch. Well, Anna. Well, what kind of phone did you have before the iPhone? Uh, let me see if I can remember. I may have wiped it. Was from it just memory. a regular phone? It, it wasn't was a, a smartphone. Okay. It was. Um, it was no. It wasn't like a BlackBerry or something. Well, it was, we don't need to rip it. No, so this was. It was it was it was it was a high end regular cell phone. Okay. It was a flip phone. A flip so this time. is the first one you've had that you can yeah. download software onto it and run it. Yes, and I have to say, oh, you got Star Wars Force Unleashed. The game is on the i. I no, don't just know. the lightsaber. Well, she trying to make it make oh, sounds. I got it on mute. Now, if you move it. Okay, lame and hit awesome. IPhone, have the lightsaber, and you can have your lightsaber battles. Awesome. Because <laughs> you know, I'm not mocked in my life enough. <laughs> you know what? That well, really entertains small whether children. You have this actually, or not. There, no. The give iPhone, me hope. The iPhone has. I give you a, a new hope. Ideally, most of your listeners have iPhones because all the good people do. Um, uh, you know, it has it has applications of I'm every a good kind. Person. It's got music applications, restaurant applications, um, financial applications. It will actually feed health. you. Uh, no, it helps you a find lot of interesting applications. Yeah, it actually does because use, it helps you find your local restaurant. It uses the GPS range. in the phone. It's got here I am, so you can locate. We could certainly where you are use that. We could then. certainly use that after our podcasts on Wednesday night yeah. when they're normally. Well, what restaurants are still open at ten thirty at night? night? You can actually look that kind of information up on here. There's, it's. I don't it's, want Chinese again. It's got want... a shut up lawn. Links to Yelp and <laughs> Amazon and there's doodling ones there's flashlights there's tons of but video how games. is it as a video uh, video <laughs> as, as a, a video gideo? game platform okay i personally have no video games on my phone because i'm too busy texting but uh my friends who have iphones many of them uh do have video games and it's very fun they don't play high-end video games um they they play silly games that are on mm-hmm. there i say that the, the graphics are wonderful there's no what would be the word latency Sorry? Hesitation? No, 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 no hesitation. Loading no, time. no. Um, no, the loading time isn't even that oh, bad. Um, I've got a two G, not a three G, but I've, I've n- noticed very little difference between the two. Um, I mean, they're literally almost the same weight and size. I mean, yeah. They are the same weight and size as, as far as one can see um, and feel. But yeah, it's fun. Cool. Really rather fun. And now, thanks to Rick, I, I have some money in the <laughs> iTunes store. I can uh, go and actually buy a couple interesting games and there you go. play. I, you know, I just got tempted by, again, the, the Lego Batman, which is a fun video game. So I'd yep. be intrigued to see how that goes on to the iTouch. Now, I know, the iTouch iPhone platform. The iTouch is the non-phone. I understand that, Rick. You don't have to tell me five times. Four does it. these things. Four does it. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I want to say one thing you don't want to spend your money on, and I rarely just rip into something, but I got sent a book that I'm, I'm, I, I resent. You resent? Stephen King, 
Haunted History, a, wow. an unauthorized biography of Stephen King, which is cobbled together by someone who really didn't know anything about Stephen King until she read all the. She was given this assignment. Went on YouTube and watched all the. Uh, uh, she watched the. She said she watched all the movies. What? But But it's. She read and, The Green her, Mile by watching it. I, I don't know if she did. If she, she may have done both, watched and. But it's clearly like she doesn't. You know, and she's called interviews with him over the years and with his friends and interviewed his friends and so forth. But there's no real perspe- critical perspective or understanding of the world larger than what Stephen King. So what his influences are, uh, she understands like H.P. Uh, Lovecraft about as well as my mother does. Wow. And George Romero, because there's a, a reference to that. And, of course, you know this is the thing that's going to kill me. She makes a couple references to <laughs> that <laughs> classic film, The Night of the Living Dead. Uh-huh. And <laughs> the night. <laughs> and references. A night. And references Stephen King saying, you know, talk about the two zombie movies that Romero did and who George Romero, one of his childhood idols and you go, but night of the living dead, you yeah. made a point of that, of him watching that in college. He couldn't yeah. have known, you know, so he was still a child in college. It's just really cliche written. And even though it talks honestly about things like his drug use, it's just like these anecdotes that lead to nowhere. And you know, which of his friends don't like him anymore, which uh-huh. is always the good thing about these, but it's, it, it's going to look slick. It's got his photo on the cover. People, Stephen King fans, are going to think, hey, this is a great thing to add to my Stephen King collection. And no, please, fans, stay away. Yeah, I will counter this one with, if you want the best book along those lines, book that really delivers, On Writing by Stephen King. Absolutely. Mm, or I would also yeah. go with Don's Macabre. Uh-huh. Uh, the two of those together, that's Stephen King's... Yeah, self criticism. There's a point, it's honest, and that's all you need to know about the guy. The, what you got to love about on writing is there's a point in on writing where King gets around to talking about telepathy, and he says that he is currently sitting in his room in Maine, up in the attic in the corner, writing at a typewriter, but he is putting words directly into your brain. Months, years later, and it's creeping yeah, me out. and it's that just it's so just true. such. A, I didn't I didn't give it. Credit is, in that synopsis, but it's just a which wonderful Which is similar section. to what Alan Moore says in his Mindscape of Alan Moore DVD, that the most uh, the most dangerous sorcerer of all is the bard. Yeah. Because the curse that he lays in print will live forever past you. Now, if he curses you, everyone knows your reputation is ruined. And, and on that holiday thought. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Who's scary, boys and girls? Uh <laughs> I'm going to show my kids Nightmare Before Christmas again tonight. Good. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm already in trouble for showing them to them last week. Why? Because uh, they had nightmares. Oh. Before Christmas. What? Oh. It's in the title. What did you expect? <laughs> Happy dreams before Christmas. They're going to be traumatized now. My son is about to be forced to watch the Santa Claus 3. Ooh. That's got to be worse, he's, man. I know. He's scared of Jack Frost. Yeah. And it's a, well. With good reason. He's like a new kind of. But he watched Nightmare Before Christmas. He enjoyed that, even though he had nightmares. So we'll see. You know, but there we go. You know, Christmas is a time for ghost stories. It's in that song. Wonderful, most wonderful time of the year. Lots of ghost stories. Christmas is long, long ago. And here we are. A Christmas carol. Indeed. With lots of ghosts. (laughs) Sweet dreams. Okay, so. <laughs> We've reached the end of our Christmas Eve podcast, and sorry that Michael Goodson couldn't find his way back and say something rude about us. He's clearly still shopping for me. Ping. He was a very bad boy, at least this last month. <laughs> we should tell stories about No, the we're not going to tell stories about the, about the Christmas There's party. There's been enough innuendo. So People come to Elusive Comics and Games, and maybe you'll get an invitation to the next party, yeah. and you'll see how completely poorly behaved we are. <laughs> <laughs> so... As if this podcast today, if you think if you think we're poorly behaved here, whoa, wait till Anna actually has the bottle in front of her. And so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, if you have any um. questions, comments, compliments, or complaints, please write into editor at fanboyplanet.com. And this is Derek McCaw, editor in chief of fanboyplanet.com, thanking our special guest this week, Stephanie Rodriguez, Anna Warren, and of course, Rick Brett Snyder who is taking this Christmas moment to remind you to use your powers only for good.
And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.lukeski.com. Funny. This is there. But now, if you want, you can go... Momentarily quiet on the set? Momentarily. Momentarily. You can go back to... Sorry, after we get through the opening. Ready? Hey, listen up, fanboy. It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast. <laughs> and here he is, the man who tomorrow night will be coming down your chimney, <laughs> Derek McCaw. <laughs> Uh, I need some bleach for all my orifices. What? <laughs> and the first edit has been made. Yes, this is, this is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com. As conf- to Eric's. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I have just witnessed the fall of the Roman Empire. It begins here. That is the most awesome thing in the world. This is why Al-Qaeda hates us. <laughs> I knew he would laugh. That's all I wanted oh to say. Oh, my God. This. And I'm texting this Thank to heavens Eric you right are 18. Now. We're going to leave it there somebody asks, what's that? It's <laughs> a bunny. It's dancing. It's cute. It's just a dancing bunny. It dances up against the wall. <laughs> we'll be sure to take a photo of this and put this online. <laughs> Come to Elusive, home of the humping, humping bunny. bunny. The plug-in humping bunny. Ah, uh, Christmas. Uh, <laughs> and so this is Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, take the garbage out.